Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, and since 2016, Monica Shimonik has been coaching moms and dads as they navigate through the treacherous waters of the family law racket. Aside from workshops, which helps with specific problems, her 12-week signature course, The Best Interest of the Parent, uses a four-quadrant model to create a robust healing and empowerment system so that you control the narrative in your life, not the state. And this is an excellent course. I took it and I wish I knew this information years ago. Use coupon code slam the gavel to get 10% off the course and I will leave the details in the podcast notes. And right now I have my guest back. Her name is Melissa Toon. She was on before a couple weeks ago. We are going to discuss consideration and counter surveillance as how do we protect ourselves. And she's also going to talk a little bit about her case. So I'm going to let her talk and explain to us what is happening. So I totally welcome you, Melissa Toon. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Marianne. It's great to talk to you and see you again. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing okay. So far, so good. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Glad to be back. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. Yeah, Every, everyone so far so good. <laughs> How are you doing yeah. with uh, your uh, court cases and uh, things like that? You, we, have, we have a lot to learn from you with this uh, <laughs> podcast because you're coming back on. <laughs> well, I'm excited to share the information because it definitely needs to be shared. Um, as far as my case goes, it's really been... It's been very overwhelming due to just finding out a a significant new amount of information um, while I've investigated and really um, listened to myself and my inner knowing and kind of it's led me in a direction to where I understand how all this has happened. Um, At the center of it is just like really abuses of power, greed, corruption, civil conspiracies and people that shouldn't be in the places that they are. Uh, and, and when when people in positions of power abuse the trust of people that are desperate, uh, especially women and children, and they take advantage of that relationship, it is really, um, it is, is really something that needs to be addressed in the system as a whole. And I think it happens a lot more than we think. In my situation, uh, you know, in addition to dealing with um, corruption as, as a whole in the court system, there's what I've also learned is uh, as a white woman with biracial children in the center of the civil rights movement, Greensboro, North Carolina, did some research on anti-miscegenation, which is basically the opposing of interracial relationships and children. And it centered really in Forsyth County. And they've had a strong opposition to this. So as my child's been destroyed for years and no one believed me, I found out nobody actually investigated anything. And I investigated myself. I found proof of what I had been concerned about as a nurse um, and a mother, obviously concerned for my child's health and well-being. And I knew there was a problem. So I hired Um, after the Children's Law Center's second report slandered me and they really destroyed us, I hired an attorney named Reginald Alston to sue. And um, he also decided to 
uh, offer to represent me in a, a protective order that had been unstated by my county a little bit after my ex got custody, despite the court knowing how dangerous he was. And they slander me outright in the court orders. And so what I didn't know was that when this attorney told me to dismiss my protective order the morning that I had just received the medical records proving obviously the case with against the Children's Law Center showing that they didn't investigate, but also case against DSS, the hospital, nobody reported anything. These things would have major implications on my child's health for chronic illnesses, in addition to proof of everything I'd ever stated um, and reinforcing that her father was dangerous and unhealthy and inappropriate to have any contact with her. So apparently this attorney lied to me. Uh, he said that I had to file or dismiss this, this protective order and refile to include the, these findings of this, these records. Uh, I believed him, I was so emotional. Uh, by reading the rules of the court, found out that's not true. He could have just amended it and obviously we would have won the case in the lawsuit. I would have won the protective order, wouldn't have had to go through my child being assaulted after that and being kidnapped and me being thrown in jail cells and hunted down and, you know, degraded and devalued in society, ostracized, persecuted, isolated, drained financially. And then this attorney coming back uh, because he made sure no other attorneys would help me and nobody would help me, made sure I came back to him and then offered to represent me in a couple more cases, one of which I was assaulted and drugged in a jail and falsely arrested. And I was actually falsely arrested last year as well in West Virginia. And um, due to all these players and these people, another attorney in West Virginia, my ex, these people just basically got together and needed to find ways to stop me and uh, to quiet me and uh, stop me from, to, from speaking out what I found and um, it's, you know, I'm just now really releasing the information to certain people and coming out with it and, and being honest because it's been really hard, really scary, especially after the police have harmed me so much and my family and I'm supposed to go to them for help, which I have and they haven't helped me and they're still going on with this false narrative that I'm like just crazy. Mm. Uh, like they've portrayed me, but actually I've been terrorized and we've been harmed and our lives have really been uh, destroyed by it as far as they, you know, can tell. I, uh, I'm still here though. I'm still doing well and taking care of myself and speaking out for others. And I definitely have plans for the future. I have a lot of a lot of plans when it comes to court action, really been studying what what uh, routes I could take. Um, I wish I had an attorney I could trust at this point completely. I have yet to have someone to really step forward and be honest with me. And, um, and that's, you know, I think that with the other information I've been sharing that that might be something that's coming in the near future. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I definitely have plans and I'm, I, you know, despite everything horrible happening, I do have a lot of concern for my child's safety and well-being right now, but I cannot let that emotionally affect me because I'm not going to be able to proceed in, in the best way. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and and I uh, as we were talking earlier, we're going to break that down into another podcast, probably in yes. September. So because mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to delve into that just too much yeah. just yet. Um, how how old is your child? She's now nine years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen or heard from her since October twenty fifth, twenty twenty, after she was put on a missing persons report by her father after he. I got protective orders along with these actors to be illegally and unethically dismissed. He used some fake therapist guy to, you know, portray a therapist or whoever this guy was to say I'm dangerously mentally ill. Um, And also, I just wanted to, um, you know, the, the protective orders being dismissed and all of these things happening and no one kind of stepping forward uh, has left. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I kind of got off track of what I was saying. But um, the Family Justice Center of Guilford County, a detective named Garrison, a black woman, um, assisted my abusive ex, um, the father of my child, and putting my child on a missing persons after she had been returned to me through a missing persons, after being kidnapped in mm-hmm. West Virginia the night before. A forensic interview. So with all this happening and with the Family Justice Center assisting and then me going to a state trooper detachment in West Virginia for help and then they helped him and all he had was some falsified and fraudulent documents. It was never verified with the court. You know, the um, internal affairs want to pretend like it's not their problem um and at this point i haven't even been allowed to file a missing persons there's so many agencies just acting completely inappropriately and not handling what duties are you know um they're responsible for so complete denial of equal protection across the board for my child and everybody just seems complicit because dss knows about these medical records they know about him but everybody's just kind of gone with surface knowledge prejudice and now they don't want to correct it apparently and that's completely illegal and really really um the indifference is is hurtful Mm -hmm. it is yeah Mm -hmm. so um I think also when they start calling you mentally ill and crazy, because <clears throat> they did that to me, <clears throat> and it's just like, <laughs> once they start that, you, you've got a fire on your hands. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. It's really just like, it makes me angry. And so if I get angry, they'll be like, you know, even more so like, I'm a woman, I'm allowed to be angry, or should I be crying? Mm-hmm. Or should I be stone faced? Mm-hmm. Or should I be happy? Like, does do you get to delegate how I feel and how it comes off? And so you get to say, I don't have to do my job because the way you act isn't in this box that I have that you're supposed to fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost like you don't know how to even act in court because if you cry, then they call you crazier. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really seem to matter how I act in court. I think now they're, they're a little afraid of me um, and something else I want to mention, I know you wanted me to talk about. Uh, about two weeks ago, I went to show support for another mother in the Forsyth County Courthouse. Yes. And I showed up with a friend of mine who actually, he's a, a fellow artist and he lives in Winston and he was coming to court watch with me and his family's in the federal court system in, mm-hmm. in Winston and Forsyth. So when I came in, 
Um, there was some kind of a recess there. It was about 2.30. Uh, he has, he asks us who just came into the courtroom, and this is actually on Michael Volpe, this recording. And I tell him who I am, <clears throat> Melissa Toon. And he said the same Melissa Toon from the recording. I was like, yes, your honor. And he said that, you know, he asked, don't I know that recording audio and hearings are illegal? And I said, a lot of things are illegal, your honor. And he said that was a good answer. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, he had everyone in the room write down their name, address, and phone number on a pad, questioned them, like interrogated them about this, brought in an extra sheriff, and um, another woman that was there, Katrina Milburn, she wanted to leave without signing it. And he threatened her with jail mm -hmm. when she tried to leave and uh, made her, basically forced her like he used to do me to bring Tylee to the courthouse to be abused some more. Or, you know, even if it was illegal or unethical, he would always, he's probably threatened me with jail like 20 times in all mm -hmm. the hearings, to be honest. But uh, at that point, he declares a mistrial basically he says that we're excused and i'm not sure if it was left off by him or mike volpe in this recording but i had done some research about what my rights were within attending hearings in north carolina before i went and he as he brought in this extra sheriff and had our phones turned off and and all this said he was declaring a mistrial because all of a sudden there's a threat to a witness uh because i came and um, and so at that point, I asked Judge Miller if he was denying my North Carolina constitutional right of Article One, Section 18 of the Constitution that guarantees the public's access and you know uh, presence at public civil hearings and in district court and he said that he's not denying that right because the hearing's going to be over in 30 seconds and we were escorted out and i also in that hearing for the first time ever saw or met this dss worker ayana brown she never met me all and she decided along with my ex um without doing any real investigation despite the 15 prior investigations that had all these findings in two different counties she just decided that i am dangerously mentally ill and goes with this fake therapist who he told dss he was from the court and he told west virginia he was from the court and he told me he was from dss so I'm not sure if he's even the real um therapist or not his name's shannon purcell he is said to be some kind of forensic evaluator but i don't even know if it's really him it might be a family member because i subpoenaed him and mm -hmm. his little narrative he, the looks he was giving my ex it was like just crazy stuff you know what i'm saying i'm going back mm -hmm. into my case but it was it was funny to see that i'm obviously getting under the skin of judge miller and i feel like every litigant should have a right to have audio and video of the entire proceeding that they're present in especially if they're representing themselves uh, and they're being treated unfairly and unconstitutionally and their civil rights are being violated and i believe that that should be you know a federal law that all courts have are, are being audio and video recorded that the clerk can't stop recording when the judge wants them to that should be illegal and i believe that's completely unconstitutional if you're not going to tell especially self-represented litigants or even represented litigants the attorneys aren't telling them what their rights are 
what the rules are, what their options are. If you're not going to tell us all this and pretend like it's, you know, you can't give legal advice, but you're not supposed to tell us that there are rules and laws that we can look at. And then our attorneys aren't telling us so, and we can't record it. So it's just a free for all on our children and our mm -hmm. lives. And you don't want it to be put out there. So obviously the recording I made was of him treating me with this hatred and mm -hmm. threatening me and, you know, for even speaking and treating me just egregiously. I wonder why you didn't want me to record that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a lot more recordings of other officials where this is a one party state. So mm -hmm. sorry guys. Right. And also <laughs> on that video, there is a uh, part above the video that says you can file a complaint. So I encourage everyone to file complaints and, yes. and send them in on this judge because I agree with you, there should be video cameras and tamper-proof mics in all courtrooms. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is a global problem. So all over the yes. place, all around the yeah. world. Internationally, it should be a law. Right. These judges behave so badly, and I've seen uh, several of them myself in my travels. And uh, if I just had them on video, man, <laughs> they're a disgrace. Yeah, they, they really are. I've seen it. Um, I. I've been to other mothers' hearings to where the, the attorneys are lying to the mothers. And it's just like, really? Like, it's, it's shocking how these judges, and, and it's like they have people's lives in their hands. It's more serious than a criminal hearing where you get a court-appointed attorney. This is our children's lives we're talking about. We're talking about severe abuse and neglect, molestation, and things like that. And it's up to whoever's sitting on the bench. And no, they're not telling us that you can most likely have a jury trial in North Carolina in custody cases, you can demand a jury trial and it's your right. And they're not telling us that. This is just what I'm, you know, finding in my own research. I'm finding out a lot of information. That's why I'm really taking my time, despite having an inner push to get to my baby faster, who I know needs me. I'm just trusting and leaving that in, in God's hands because I want to do it the right way. And I don't want to feel you know, guilt for not moving faster because in the past I've made impulsive actions in the court, handwritten motions, had no idea because I was so emotional and desperate and that was used against me. Mm -hmm. um, it was used against me and it, I was treated unfairly anyway, but I've been slandered throughout institutions and everything for a long period of time now. So it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's something crazy to have to come, come out of that, but I think I'm showing the world exactly who I am through what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. that's the plan. And that's what you have to do. You have to be vigilant and stay on it and keep focused on your pathway. Definitely. And, and it's hard for parents to do that when they're being, in, um, they're being intimidated by a judge and opposing attorneys. And it's or like your ex, or your ex, or your yeah. ex that's trying to kill you and trying to, you know, hunt you down and stalk mm -hmm. you and interfere and file false charges, criminal and reports, and then no one will protect you or help you, and then you're supposed to proceed uh, diligently and calmly. Right. So that's that's a little difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or if or if they have a spouse that actually works in the courthouse, and you know, everybody knows everybody. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Yeah, seriously, they hang out on the weekends. They're all in the bar association. And the legal field in general has turned into something that's just one big lie. It's like, you're not here for protection, safety, justice, or liberty. Like, what in what in what 
court division or what legal division can you practice to where you're actually doing something for humanity if you're not representing you know civil rights or constitutional law or you know human rights or something like that it's like other than that it is you know it's a business and obviously if we were to protect women and children we couldn't continue this high conflict custody scheme and there is a lot of money flowing through family courts more than any other court and they've got to keep that going but like my you know um, call to action for the office of the inspector general to defund and to do deep pocket audits for those who are committing grant fraud within the family court processes and it has worked in north carolina so far they were actually uh, defunded by over 80 million dollars this year and that's something i am very proud to say that i hope i had a part of that and i believe i did um, because it's very, very, very obvious that these agencies are not acting in the best interests of children and, and victims, and they are capitalizing upon the suffering. And mm -hmm. so I really had the question of like, how do they sleep at night? I really was unsure to that answer. Um, and I, I was, you know, just kind of hoping and somebody would stand up for justice by now, seeing what's mm -hmm. happening. I think you know, now that a lot of this other information is coming out, uh, I hope that it, it persuades someone to, to, to be brave and stand up for justice for children. Mm -hmm. um, if, you know, if not for mine, for others, because it's very obvious that these children's lives are being destroyed and they're, you know, gonna end up in, in one of three places and none of them are good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now was the, um, was it the family, the family justice center? Weren't they defunded or no? Yes, actually. Uh, and, and I had actually ran into the director yesterday on a walk. Um, and which was such a, you know, coincidence, not really. I thought it was like faded. Um, they were defunded, uh, because, and they were at the center of this as well. I had done, if you would look at some of the videos I'd made on my YouTube channel, mom is in pursuit of happiness. I found information that shows that certain information is being concealed deaths of women and children as it relates to family court proceedings were being concealed mm -hmm. the relationship of the perpetrators and the victims how many of these people how many of these women are actually act, asking for protective orders and being denied that number was being changed and this is supposed to be like a one-stop shop for victims but what they're not telling everyone is that they're anyone in family court proceedings they're not allowing them to be victims they're not saying that they could they're saying that you need to go to family court to deal with that that's not our problem like the only domestic violence that happens is when it, you're in a relationship with no children and newsflash nobody in the active relationship is going to get a protective order she left mm -hmm. she left and they most likely have children so uh based on you know the agency's numbers versus national numbers it was very very obvious that there are there's some misstatements and um there's a lot of money going into these agencies uh there's two in guilford county for the family justice center because we had the highest rate of domestic violence homicides back in 18 and what they're not reflecting is the fact that there is no column where they can report the relationship being in you know um ex-boyfriend child in common or estranged spouse all it is is husband ex-husband you know mm -hmm. it's like not estranged she left there's no option for that it's like you can put unknown or other and that's like a you know 800 a year 
they're, what they're not saying is these are also domestic violence victims. You're just not calling them that. And North Carolina has a strong history of doing things that are really evil and cruel and just changing the wording. They just don't call it that anymore. Um, they're still doing it, just not calling it that. Like racism, like anti-miscegenation and things of that nature, capitalizing upon hatred and, and differences and making them bigger. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just terrible. I mean, and it's gone on for years, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It's really like, you know, I, I've studied specifically here in North Carolina, but I can, I, I can be sure that, and for my um, call to action video, it's time to get louder is what the title is. And I'll send that to you as well. It kind of uh, tells anybody what to do to file, to file this complaint for grant fraud. And I can be assured that it's happening everywhere and not just in North Carolina because they had already been audited back in 17 by the office of the inspector general um, because their victims were not getting assistance. And I did a really a study on the numbers for the past 21 years. And it is very clear that, like I said, the numbers are being misstated. The data is being diverted and the funding's also being diverted. And that's why the defunding is happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe it was also going for the law enforcement agencies because North Carolina has a belief that this is not their business. Like law enforcement will just say, that's a family court matter. This is high conflict custody. Like women just are wanting to fight with a man because she's angry because, you know, they just can't get along. Uh, No, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them is an, a, one of them is the one causing the conflict. One of the one one of them is trying to protect the child. There mm-hmm. can't be both. Mm-hmm. And these judges cannot have it both ways. <laughs> Yet they rule in favor of the abuser all the time. I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> it's to create that conflict. That's right. the only way to continue the stream of funding that's coming in, and that's hundreds of millions of dollars annually that's coming into the family court system. Mm-hmm. only due to the conflict. If they were to call it domestic violence, these proceedings wouldn't be going on for years. They mm-hmm. would be stopped at, you know, and like in other countries, like coercive control laws that are felonies, they, you know, and, and the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act that really needs bipartisan support to pass. We need that desperately. It does have a narrative talking about protecting children and women from abusers in family court because that's when it gets the most deadly that's when the lethality level is through the roof that's when women and children are being killed on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because children are being handed over to abusive men because they need parenting time because they're a man and also obviously women are paying child support the deficit of the arrears is the lowest in 20 years because these women pay i'm Mm -hmm. paying I was ordered to pay by Judge Miller on my motion to terminate without me being even present. Like my ex was served. He didn't care. It ruined my credit. Um, I've had to fund my own terror, fund whatever he wants to do to me. Um, and his, his, you know, crime spree that the district attorney, there's some kind of conflict to where no one will investigate yet. They're allowing these false criminal charges to languish against me in the court for a year, even having knowledge that they're false, yet not holding the perpetrators accountable for things that are proven. And that is corruption at its core. Mm -hmm. And it's happening all the time in every family courtroom. 
And why isn't, why isn't that handled in a criminal court uh, with the domestic violence? Why don't they, why are they even pulling this into a family courtroom? Uh, Because, and, and I can speak for North Carolina at some point, like around 2002, it looks like 99 to 2002, they stopped really holding perpetrators accountable. So there's something in North Carolina called crimes against families. And so that would be like the sub, the subject matter of the crimes. And so the percentage of these charges that are actually being uh, pursued has gone down like 36% in 18 years. And when we compare that to the actual complaints of child abuse and things like that, and then compare them to the family court numbers, it is very clear that no one is taken child molestation, child abuse, child neglect, seriously, they're not substantiating it. So it can go forever in the court and the court will say, well, DSS said this didn't happen. Therefore you're a liar. And in my case, I found records to prove what I had been saying, which would make numerous agencies extremely liable and also prove that obviously this is a problem. Uh, By law, you're ordered to go through this hierarchy of DSS and law enforcement, but if they're not doing their jobs, how can the judge even pretend to know what's happening? So Mm -hmm. in my case, I've even gone, you know, internal affairs and things like that. I have audio of these officers lying and deflecting duties and blaming Mm -hmm. and, you know, not holding anyone accountable, even though law medical provider contacted them to investigate more than once and because my ex is an informant you know they're not investigating and I think a lot of a lot of this is you know a prejudice Uh, a lot of it is you know liability but in in all it's happening everywhere just so many women and it's like they can find the smallest thing not to help her and it's so easy to take over her life and deplete her and drain her and in my case there's a lot of money involved and i'm the one with the money he mm-hmm. lives with his mother he's lived off of me for 10 years i have not one one calls going back a decade yet you see where we are right now i have the proof in hand i have the evidence in hand and everyone has just decided that they were indifferent no matter how depraved it is so for everyone that's continuing to sit back and not do anything for my child or to help me protect her every day and every second of the harm that is added to her life is on you all for those in power and i'm just praying that somebody stands up soon and says that's it Mm -hmm. i we're doing a whole investigation where's the records where's the documents because obviously forsyth county doesn't care about tylea true patterson or melissa toon and greensboro is the same at this point and i hope that changes soon because i have i have ideas that could change things to where you could get your funding back and actually help victims Mm -hmm. and i think that that's something that needs to change i'm not coming at this like i hate you on i'm so angry at what you did i want something to change for the better and that's what I've been working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should clone you. There, there should be more Melissa Tunes out there. <laughs> you know, may, maybe well, there are. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd like, I gotta find her. You know, I need her help. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how many court watchers did you have there that day that, when the judge was having a tantrum? Well, there was one other, Katrina Milburn, which she has a case as well where her child is being abused and neglected and in a situation where she hasn't seen her 
or she only gets to see her for one hour. She's completely controlled still, and it's terrible. And um, that it was just the girl's mother, her, mm-hmm. and then it was me and my friend, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But when I come to court, they bring in extra deputies. And I heard them kind of making, in the last hearing that I had attended, I heard these deputies talking. And because I told the judge at this last hearing that there had been an attempt on my life. And I had to reevaluate what I was filing and I got served with this really sad version of emotion that just proves how psychologically disturbed the other party is. But um, it was, I heard them joking, basically saying that I'm not surprised that somebody tried to kill her. Like I heard them laughing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, yeah. They're, uh, they I, are that sick people. They are. Yeah. yeah. And I can't book can't pretend this has nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a shame because, you know, we all grew up, you know, being taught, oh, you know, the, the police are good. And I'm sure there are some good police officers. But I have friends that are police officers and I have a respect for law enforcement, but I have been harmed. And my brother was murdered by law enforcement. They have just brutalized me and been depravedly indifferent, yet I still have respect for authority. And a law enforcement friend actually got me a device that found my tracking device, yet they still want to act like this is a joke. Um, and that's how I have information about like how I know that an informant cannot have crimes against uh, crimes where people are victims. You can't have crimes with victims or they can't work. And that's why they keep dismissing these and they won't investigate because he's obviously an amazing informant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know because I, I thought of breaking this podcast down into three different episodes. And um, because I know you have a YouTube video on um, consideration and counter surveillance. So yes. I thought we would get into that. Sure. The next yeah. time, uh, because yeah, it's up to this you. Is awesome information, and um, is there? You know, I I don't want to interrupt you while you were talking about your case. Um, Sorry, I know I'm just getting a little bit more into it than I planned on, but well, that's okay. Well, yeah, because it's multifaceted, and a lot of people don't realize that they think you can just go in and out of family court when they haven't even gone through it themselves. Maybe they're happily married and God bless them if they are. But if you're not and you're getting sucked through family court, it's a nightmare. But, um, you know, cases are multifaceted. They're high conflicted and uh, people don't understand. I mean, sometimes I've tried to explain my case to people and they they just, you know, okay. You know, then they'll kind of walk away because they just- Nobody wants to hear it. It's too much. So you even have to tone that down and make it short and sweet for people to even be interested and make it like, you know, less verbose, give it like a few words and try to highlight years of destruction within a paragraph. Yeah, right. (laughs) Within two sentences at least. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and then they're still walking away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because it's uncomfortable, because obviously, you know, nobody wants to believe that this could be happening to all these women and children, but guess what it is, Mm -hmm, (laughs) and mm -hmm. it's terrible, and something has to change, so uh, we got to get comfortable with hearing about things that we're uncomfortable hearing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, like I said, we were taught that, you know, the go to the police and and the courthouse, look at the courthouse, there's justice there, and there is Mm -hmm. no justice there. Yeah, they and, call the Forsyth County Court the Hall of Hall of Justice. Uh, the Hall of Injustices is more accurate. Or depravity. 
Yeah. Depravedindifference.com. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't want to cut you short. Um, That's okay. No, completely. How much time we have left in this? Let's see. Oh. How much time? Well, we started, we started 1025. It's almost, almost 11. Okay. Well, um, if you wanted to, I mean, I can just talk about the, the consideration and um, counter surveillance for a minute because okay, I think that'd be that great. that's something, I think that that's something that's really important. Okay. Um, most women in family court proceedings, especially ones that deal with abusers or are dealing with men that are powerful or have money or just won't let you go, don't want to see you succeed or have relationships or be happy or move on or have a following or be, you know, have joy after you leave. So, um, you know, they, and, and we're in the age of information and technology and it's not like back in the nineties where, you know, we just had AOL if that, and they could, they have to find you and stalk you and, and show up places and leave a trail. Now they can watch you from home and they can know where you are no matter what by doing a numerous amount of things that are just completely invading privacy and, and giving them ways to stop you from proceeding or prevailing or succeeding in anything. Um, and so I found a significant amount of things that we can do to stop that after so much tech abuse that I've endured. Oh my gosh, just being stalked and tracked and hacked and interfered with and censored and my communications interfered with, portrayed in a false negative light, um, information about my financial accounts, the algorithm and the IP addresses and my social media messed up so I can't share anything. Um, and that's something that'll be helpful too for those that are, you know, speaking out and are activists and authors like you that could, you know, people don't want to hear this information come out. So they're doing whatever they can to stop it and censor. And there are ways to get around that actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now um, you mentioned we were talking about a Faraday bag because yes. I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yes. I didn't even know how it was spelled. And well, so I just learned myself. I was kind of like, because when I got this little device to find tracker, it came with a bag and it said Faraday bag on it. I kind of brushed it off and I didn't know what it was. So then I saw it again when I was looking at like anti-tracking stuff on like Google because I want to learn how to stop them because it was like there were interference with my device when I tried to get it you know, help. And it, I could tell, and I remember there being ways they could jam signals. So I looked into first the Faraday bag. There's also Faraday material and Faraday tape. So what this is, is you can buy like little cases on Amazon for your phone. And I have two of them for your key fobs, for your cards, because they could be skimmed and, and even like your computer and things like that, or say your vehicle, um, you can line it with this and no data will be transmitted outside of your vehicle. So somebody can't come in and take your information. Um, it's basically used by law enforcement and the military to protect their data, to protect information, to protect evidence. Another thing that you can do is use a GPS. There's a GPS block, a microphone block, and there's a data block. Uh, for a USB. For the GPS walker, there are different versions available that range in price. And 
a lot of it is illegal to have the bigger ones like law enforcement has and they're between like four and eight hundred dollars but what you can buy for about like 130 is something that you can plug into your ashtray or your car lighter cigarette lighter in your car and it'll block any gps signals from being transmitted outside of your vehicle so yeah your gps will work on your phone but nobody's going to be able to pick up your location from inside of your vehicle you can also use faraday fabric say there's a tracker in your car and you can't get to it cover it with faraday material and faraday tape and they'll never find you another thing is a microphone block and you can find that on amazon and it's a mic block you can get it for anything that has an, an um an aux cord, an aux plug-in, like you know your regular Androids or computers. You can also get it for an iPhone, and it will. You can still hear what's going on on your phone, but nobody else can hear anything going on on your phone. There's also things to cover the audio slot. Another thing that is very important is getting a VPN service, um, and that will stop some of the censorship. You can go through different IP addresses and cover your. Um, where you're located that's helped me be able to share my my information more and uh, <clears throat> something else important is to not be using any shut down all siri on iphones any siri is is no no using safari or google you're going to want to use signal and that's that's a messaging app encrypted end-to-end -end, endorsed by edward snowden and elon musk both users can have this you can prevent there being any screenshots you can have disappearing messages you can you know just have complete protection on your communication if an abuser or someone is trying to stop you from talking to people which in my case they would go on my phone and put it on like no never alert me for calls like mm -hmm. or my calls are being diverted or people are calling and never it will go to some weird voicemail thing um and also another thing to do is to in facebook you're definitely going to want to change or stop having recovery codes you're going to want to use app lock on messenger for biometrics meaning your fingerprint and use that for every app you want your fingerprint used even if not your face id and you're going to want to have like a password generator app and a password keeper so it'll make like cryptical five word passwords with numbers and letters and you can store it and it'll be you know secure and it, you can change your passwords frequently to where it's not something that's easily guessable or you know a hacker can't get into it also um checking out of all unrecognized devices, closing out all secret conversations on your messenger because they can do that. You're gonna wanna, you can check your security and login screen and make sure all the devices are logged out, period. Um, and you're gonna wanna make sure that all your notification settings are notifying you of emails or changes or anything like that. And you can receive messages on your phone or even in comments on videos that are viruses and they could be like anything even if you open it it unleashes something to stop things on your phone so you don't open those you know you see something that you you know it looks off it is off block them delete um <clears throat> another thing to do is that um when it comes down to your data there's a a usb thing that you can plug into any like a laptop that can block anyone from taking your data and like public wi-fi 
there's also something that is like, it's called Wi-Fi deauthorization or deauthentication. I think it's deauthorization. And what they do is can come in and scramble your Wi-Fi and make other networks to bounce off of and kind of just get access to your information. So you can block those. And you can also use the Faraday material over your router um over you know laptops anything that has smart access to it and that's super important getting cameras in your vehicle front and back so you have proof that somebody's stalking you uh, cameras in your house um mm -hmm. if not a ring camera motion lights motion sensors locking down your correspondence and making sure that you know nobody is portraying you in certain ways. In my case, that happened to where I was portrayed in, in numerous ways by, by people trying to destroy relationships. Um, you know, you can't stop the triangulation of your relationships by people like in my case, my ex who's having a very inappropriate relationship with my teenage daughter. She triangulated relationships. It's good to know beforehand, but you, sometimes you gotta let people go and mm -hmm. this is the beginning to that really protecting yourself from all of this access that these stalkers like to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I will be including that in the links of the podcast as well. Sure. So yeah. this was really, Oh, and one more thing. Oh, go one ahead. More thing. Okay. A search engine you want to use is DuckDuckGo. So in, on DuckDuckGo, you're going to want to shut off shut off your cellular data to anything you're not using at the time anything because if there's no cellular data nobody can get to it but you're definitely going to stop any kind of safari so you're going to use DuckDuckGo, and there's going to be a button a button at the bottom of it which is a flame and anytime you just shut your cache of your data out it just burns it up and it's gone so that's the one what you're going to want to use and definitely the vpn is very 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 important express vpn service you can have up to five devices on your account and if you do a year it's 8.95 a month if you do one month it's 12.95 and DuckDuckGo and signals free Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's DuckDuckGo, Signal, and VPN. How do you, what's yeah. the, uh, um, how, how do you Ex find? Express, Express VPN is what, I, um, is a good one. And Surfshark is another good one. Actually, an advocate last year told me some of these things, but I was just so emotional. I couldn't even figure out half of it. Justice Jones, thank you. Shout out to you for telling me some of these things before I even, and I, you know, I kind of tried, but it was so overwhelming. I didn't know about all the other things because Siri and you can get access through the screen. You're going to definitely want to make a strong password for your phone, alphanumeric, something not easily guessed. And that is very, very important because, you know, you can go and check on your screen time or your battery logs to see what apps are taking up. And what I had seen before I knew all this, that there was audio going on my messenger the whole time so somebody was listening and there's different things they can listen through safari i mean it's just like crazy so you definitely want to lock your your audio down that's fascinating and i'm sure we'll talk about that some more yeah yeah um, but um that's really really awesome and i will have you back on again because you're going to tell us awesome. about something else that we all need to know about but i'm going to keep that as a surprise definitely thank you i'm looking forward to that Okay, well, Slam the Gal is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again with Melissa here and other guests.
for another exciting episode. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me and thank you all for tuning in. 